Hello there, this is Liam Neeson here. You may have heard that I'm a racist now, Father, but actually I'm not. Uh, perhaps I was once, and I, I'm atoning for my sins now, and uh, I'm doing a bit of community service. I, I have a particular set of skills, you see, and one of those skills is editing podcasts. So today I'm helping out the lads here at Diminishing Returns and putting together a selection of never-before-heard clips that were cut out of earlier episodes. I tell you what, there's some fucking shocking material here. These fellas are not woke, I'll tell you that much. I might have to put them right to our next see them. Anyways, hit the music. Right, so we're starting here with some clips from episode 106. Now that's all about The Incredibles. Right, that's a kiddies film, right? It's for the kiddies. You young fellas, you want to go and see your films for the young fellas, like The Grey. It's one of my films, that is. That's the one where I assert my dominance over a wolf pack and become leader of the wolves. Anyway, that's what these lads should have gone to see, but uh, here they are talking about the dangers of seeing kids' films and then some nonsense about The Incredibles. It is it is weird actually. Like I, I I tend to try and go off you know off peak if you go into a kids film. You, you go late at night mm. or um, during the mm. day or something if you can. That that's generally when I'll go. But during the day, yeah, as long as it's not a school holiday. Yeah, think, yeah. Right. But the, I remember, and normally, like I think with certain, like most Pixar films, there's like an unwritten rule of. No, it's fine. It's like reading Harry Potter. It's acceptable for adults to do it now yeah. in public. Um, and um, I think well, when you and me went see a uh, Coraline Soul, that was a turning point for me. Mm. That was like there are literally no kids in this yeah. rampacked screening at oh, all. Oh yeah, and like you know, I went to see Isle of Dogs recently, and you know there were kids there, mm. but it was it, it soon became very clear that like it wasn't a kids' film really, and all yeah, the parents God, I feel were sorry sort of for any like, kids who got that. Yeah, all, all the parents were sort of like. Oh God! You know they 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 keep talking about mating with this other dog, and it's not quite like anyway. <laughs> and it's slow and ponderous. And fucking Wes Anderson. Every, everything's everything's at a right angle. What's going on? Why why is it all so? Like, <laughs> um, uh, but then, for example, I went to see Cars Three, which is Pixar, but like bottom of the barrel kiddie nonsense <laughs> Pixar and I, I kind of thought it would be alright but um, it, it was me and my my partner at the time went in and I've never felt more out of place because it was it must have been the, the the school holiday or something it was absolutely packed full of like kids yeah. and, and it was just <sighs> it was just how kiddie a film it was that I just kind of felt embarrassed to be there because it's like I can't really <laughs> you know th- this yeah. isn't there's nothing here for me in this film but how was I mm. to know that it was going to be that shit? Like, well, you know, yeah. Cars Two was crap, but it had a little bit of something for me, and I'd heard this was the uh, the one with some emotional depth to it that might, you know, yeah. Mm. God, Cars Three was awful. Is that the one where Lightning McQueen tries to kill himself? Yeah, it's shocking. <laughs> it's shit. <laughs> What does he do? Does he go in a garage and like (laughs) close the door? (laughs) Well, I I thought I honestly going into it, I thought Cars Three was going to be like um, the diving bell and the butterfly, and it was going to be mostly about. (laughs) Well, no, genuinely, because I thought because he does, he kind of like it opens with him like becoming crippled basically and not being able to race anymore and training up to and he's he's communicating with his windscreen wipers. Yeah, (laughs) I thought I thought it was going to be this like emotionally poignant thing about about him trying to like you know overcome and realizing that he's too old to do it and having to kind of make his peace with that and and it was just shit. It wasn't that at all. It was just, <laughs> oh god, what a shit film. Anyway, um, <laughs> I've not seen it. Oh my god, it. it's it's like I like Cars, and I think like that's how bad Cars Three is. <laughs> so at, at the start, Mister Incredible, he, he picks up that tree, uproots it to mm, get the no cat roots. down. Yeah, the, there's barely any roots there for a start, and then he yeah, slams it down on the road to stop the the crook. And I was thinking, like, mm. when he when he picked it up just to get the cat down, I was thinking, like, that's a beautiful old tree you've, like, ruined for that, just to get... You could have got that cat down, like, more easily than that. Because he climbed up. Yeah. 
And then he slams it down into the ground, and you might think, oh, it's alright, you replanted it, the tree's fine. No, he, he's like snapped, roots are massive, so he must have like snapped them all to get it out. So he's just killed that tree, and just slammed it into the ground. Mm. Like, well, I mean, you know, you're talking about it as like it's the bit from Cannibal Holocaust when they kill that massive turtle. And, yeah, like, I don't like that it. either. I don't like it either. <laughs> it's the same thing though, isn't it? No respect for life, other than, <laughs> other than your own. I thought he was going to pull the tree down and then it would like accidentally let go and the cat would be catapulted <laughs> across the city. Oh, that's that a classic gag. You could make a super <laughs> cut of that gag in animated <laughs> films every time that's happened in like a DreamWorks movie. I think, uh, I think I've seen Hulk Hogan do that in like, Suburban <laughs> Commando or something. <laughs> One of those films. What about the sequel is Elastigirl gets pregnant. How old are they? Like they thought maybe they thought she was old enough that it wasn't really going to be an issue. They they weren't planning for it. Maybe a bit of an accident. Mm. I suppose labor would be very easy for her. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, it's just a drop. No superhero element at all. It's just like the the family kind of falling apart because Mister Incredible can't really afford another kid on top of all this and. He's not even sure if he wants to keep the baby, but Elastigirl gets like furious at the idea of that, and maybe he enlists the help of his little um, bug man who can shrink down to, uh, <laughs> to, to, to to take care of it. And shall we bail out of this picture? <laughs> just, yeah. just get out of this one before you go too far. <laughs> Well, you could shrink down, go into the quantum realm, yeah, 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 yeah. fiddle with uh, time and space to like ensure that she never got pregnant in the first place. Mm, that still sounds like baby murder to me. All right, syndrome comes. Syndrome didn't die. He just got mangled in that jet engine explosion. He's so, changed his name to autoimmune deficiency syndrome. Yes. Okay. <laughs> And uh, he comes. <laughs> he just comes back one night and kills the baby in its sleep. Um, and they find the baby dead one morning, and it becomes this national thing. Like when that dingo ate that baby in Australia. Yeah. It's like this new yeah, but then, story. And then at the end, syndrome comes back. Actually, I've came from the future. He was going to be the new Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Sorted. That's the film right there. Brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's the worst yeah, sequel we've ever we've ever. <laughs> <laughs> right, my pitch is. Um, oh God, it keeps going. This is a new pitch, right? This is the actual pitch. What about so, a super dog? I'm producing The Incredibles too, okay? And what I do yeah. is I hire Brad Bird, right? And I say, here's like, here's a load of money. Do what you want with it. Make Incredibles too. We'll get the original cast back. Apart from that kid, he's probably too old. If you need to pick it up. <laughs> Gee, thanks for all the money, Mr. Executive. I'll um, go and make that movie right now <laughs> and for you. And my one note is uh, maybe maybe find a role for John C. Riley in it somewhere. I think he'd say... No. Oh, all right. Bob Odenkirk? Yes. <laughs> all right, brilliant. Brad can, you, Brad, Brad, can you steer clear of abortion, please? It's not, <laughs> it's not something we want to get involved in. <laughs> no. I know what you like. <laughs> no. Abortion or I walk. <laughs> uh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> the man's a genius. Like you can't argue with him. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about here? Joking about fucking abortions. I, I I know a woman who had an abortion once, and I said, "Was the doctor a black fella?" She says, "Yes." And then, well, I got a bit confused. Accidentally signed up to do the eighteen film. It was a terrible time for me, and uh, I don't think it's right to go around making flipping jokes about it. That Brad Bird fella, he wanted to work with me once. You know, he says to me, "Liam, I'm making a Mission Impossible film." You're the only person who people believe could smash seven shades of shite out of that Tom Cruise. But in the end, Tom Cruise, he asked me not to do it because uh, he didn't want to be embarrassed, so. Now, speaking of being a hard bastard, here's Saul telling a story about getting into a fight. Uh, so we did Fight Club last week, and, and at the end of the episode, we were talking about if we've ever been in a fight. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and now? Because you said no. <laughs> uh... And I I got punched in the face over the weekend because uh, <laughs> you were shagging his girlfriend. Wife. Gave me his <laughs> was this dick. another threesome so scenario? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was in I was in a bar and I got this girl's number and her boyfriend didn't like it. <laughs> That's generally how it works. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just it was funny because like. 
basically it was in Fab Cafe, and apparently Manchester Comic Con had been on. So I was the alpha male in the uh, in the entire club. I don't know if you can imagine that. It's not something I've ever experienced <laughs> in my life. But like I was by far and away the alpha, and uh, it, was, it was just interesting to me because I only realised afterwards like the idea of like hitting him back and getting into a fight like didn't even occur to you cross my mind but he's very lucky that um because you would have smashed his fucking face in well i would have because like (laughs) he was half my size and he had glasses (laughs) like he didn't hit me hard enough to like you know i'd had a bit to drink so maybe that played into it but it was very much like was i just hit was that what that was it was very like because i wasn't even like properly looking at him at the time you just you go, do you mind, mate? I'm trying to chat up this bird. Will you leave me alone? <laughs> My friend at work is from Manchester, and he and he was like once, uh, oh, so then this guy started on me, started on me, and then I went all oh, mank on him. Is that a thing? <laughs> Can you go all oh, mank on someone? Like, I mate, you're yeah, shutting up you go bed. fucking mental, mate. You fucking <laughs> stay the fuck away, mate. All right. I, yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of what he went, he tried to do with me, because basically they, they were clearly having an argument, and she, like, ran off, and I was sort of going to, like, chase after and be like, are you all right? <laughs> is, this, is this man you're with bothering you? Um, and and he, he got really like, mate, fucking leave it, mate, fucking hell! And I was like, I just wasn't even engaging, and that's why he, like, hit me. But then I was just carried on. <laughs> you, you weren't entertaining him. <laughs> well, very much. Well, that's the thing. I think. I think if it being a film, it would uh, it would have been like the ultimate power move is to just ignore the punch and carry on. So I was sort of, <laughs> I'm quite pleased with it, really. But anyway, there you go. So, so what did I... he do after that? Then, like, did he not try and do any more? Did he realize he was out of his depth? I th- yeah, I think he was a bit like, Ooh, and he sort of. Uh, so I mean, this was outside now. Anyway, this was when it was letting out. So we both kind of went on looking for where she'd gone, and I didn't. I I couldn't find her. And he, he probably knew where she was going, so that's probably. <laughs> I've been texting with her since, and she she hasn't kind of she hasn't said like this guy is my boyfriend. Like I get the impression maybe they weren't actually an item, and it was more he's like in love with her, but they're best friends, and he like managed to get because I think they were having a bit of a kiss earlier in the night at some point. Maybe he just met her that night, and like he was like, "I've done the I've done the groundwork here, mate." If anything, he's for he's forced you two to like pursue something because he's he's the conversation starter. <laughs> Do you remember that time my boyfriend she, hit you in the face? Like, <laughs> she um she's from quite far away, but I didn't realize. But she'd obviously come over for the Comic Con thing. Yeah. So I think she was staying at his. So I I, I do think really. So she was just lines. throwing him a bone for a place to stay. Can I? Can yeah. I, I, can I, I ask I do what think shade of orange of she was? Like just. Uh... <laughs> Shade of orange. Come on, Dan. Manchester Not a Comic Con person. No, like oh well, yeah, she true. Was, like yeah. purest white. I think you're fine. <laughs> Never seen the sun. <laughs> yeah. Purest white. I think she probably had cat ears on. <laughs> I don't entirely remember. I think she was wearing some sort of like weird school skirt or so. There was some kind of weird outfit from Comic Con that I couldn't quite tell. There were a load of women there who were the Borg as well. They were my initial um my initial target, but I I moved on from them. <laughs> were you there alone? What? Were you alone? No, no. I, were you I just was just hanging with... around people, walking up to women, going, have you... I don't know if you know, but I'm the alpha male. Well, it was me and one other guy, and he was the one who dragged me there. He was like, look, Comic Con's on, it's going to be a load of nerds, easy pickings. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, that sounds, that sounds logical, yeah. And... I think I out alpha him because I'm taller and my hairline isn't receding. So mm, that's always a good sign. Although, <laughs> although your hairline receding is a sign of testosterone, isn't it? So maybe he does out alpha me. But you've got to, you've got to be able to pull it off in a sort of Jason Statham way, though. Not like yeah. He doesn't. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean you know we we were out in town. It was a load of us, and it was just we were the last two who hadn't gone home yet. And anyway, that was my my little fight, and it was it was a fun experience. And I got really annoyed earlier because I was telling this. There's this woman I, I'm, I'm having a, an affair with because she's married, but occasionally I'll sleep with her. And and I was telling her about it, and she she was like, "Oh, I'm on his side because like if they were clearly a thing." And I was like, "I fuck like the the day I'm gonna sit here and be lectured on the ethics of." <laughs> respecting relationships by someone who's cheating on their husband the father of their child with some 
some young man, like ten <laughs> years young younger than them, on they met on the man. internet. Go like I, I was fuming. It was like, what, who the fuck do you think you are? Like I've never cheated on my partner. I'll tell you that right now. I've never. I I've been a catalyst. I've I'm you know partly responsible for multiple breakups, but uh, <laughs> I don't take any responsibility for that. Anyway, if there are any female listeners of uh, Diminishing Returns... There aren't. (laughs) Exactly. There's one, she's already been on the show. That was the joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, this Sol fella, he sounds alright to me. I can relate to that. I'm always the alpha male. I've got a lovely head of hair, too. I'm not sure about that whole purist white business, though. I don't know about that. I'll steal any woman. I don't care about her race. I'm very open-minded like that. Now... I happen to know that most of you who just listened to this, you're a big Bond fan, the big fan of James Bond there. So I've dug into the archives, I found some clips from when the lads looked at the man with the golden gun. Uh, get a load of this. What the fuck is that opening gun barrel shit in all these films? What do you mean? The iconic thing where you see through the gun barrel at James Bond, who's walking yes. along, and then he kind of really awkwardly, like a... Like a supermodel, like stops his catwalk <laughs> and turns the camera and shoots the gun, and then the gun bleeds and kind of really wonkily, like animated, like goes left and right a few times and falls down. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that someone's about to shoot James Bond, but then Bond turns around and shoots them so quickly they couldn't react, even though they had the gun loaded and pointed at him. Is that the idea? Well, it's abstract, but yeah. But then why? But we see it through the barrel, so it's a barrel yes. eye view. But then why is there blood coming out of the gun? Why is is the guy bleeding so much? No, from the it's bullet? because it's abstract. It's not act like Bond isn't actually walking through a perfectly white room. And it's not then... even Bond. <laughs> no, well, it is in this one. Not in the first one. It's a different no, the guy in this one. one than it was in the uh, oh in the previous films. <sighs> And then, and then we've got the uh, the theme to the film, which I've written. It's very generic and boring. Like I a, love it. It's sub. It's like a sub parody of Bond songs. Yeah, the it, lyrics it does feel are like a parody because it's kind of because the lyrics are so kind of feels like they're supposed to be comedic, but I don't mm, think they it's, are. Yeah, <laughs> it's the man. His gun is made of gold. Love is required whenever he's hired. He comes <laughs> just before the kill. Gold's an impractical metal to make a gun out of, but he doesn't care. <laughs> impractical, it just explode. <laughs> <laughs> it just like squidge up in your hands into a big ball. It's a very soft metal. <laughs> hmm. I don't know if you could squidge it with your hand. It's not that soft. <laughs> you could on that, when it gets hot on the island, it just melts. <laughs> yeah. How about we get a character in who's literally got a penis stick? Like Tom Savini in From Dust Till Dawn. But like, he's literally... A he, penis his cock got, Yeah, his cock... Sorry, a gun cock. Oh, dick, right. Penis a penis dick. <laughs> like, a penis dick. A boomstick. I, I think a lot of the actors, <laughs> male actors, have those things. <laughs> we have a... Like, he, like, Sex Machine in From Dust Till Dawn. He's, like, he's had his knob cut off and replaced with a bionic one. Hmm. The man with a gun for a cock... <laughs> uh, but I think I think Bond needs to be a woman to go up against it for thematic Ooh. reasons. So we're rebooting Bond as a woman, everyone. She's got a bulletproof twat. Well. Gillian Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> you always go with Gillian Anderson. She's too old. How how well do you think it would go down if they rebooted Bond as a woman? Not very well at all. I think the internet rate films 1 out of 10 before they come out, police would be out in full for that. Oh yeah, one. I mean, that's obviously stupid, <laughs> but I mean, I, I think you know, if I, I, I'm sort of against the idea of uh, turning Bond into any kind of... Um, minority. Uh, not that women are, I think <laughs> women are a minority, but um, I, th- I think if you're going into it thinking we need to make a female bond then that's the wrong attitude because i mean no, I if all, if all the social justice warriors on twitter actually went to see a film like atomic blonde instead of just going on about how oh james bond should be a woman then maybe there would be more popular uh, female spy action films out there yeah, but no I... instead the instead apparently it's only fitting for the um you know the sexual liberation to piggyback on the back of a established 
sexist, misogynist dinosaur of a franchise. I'm all for female Ghostbusters, in theory, although they, the film was dreadful. <laughs> uh, I'm all for female Doctor Who, but both of those are, are in no way reliant upon being male and it like Doctor Who in particular makes perfect sense to be mm-hmm. whatever. Uh but I agree, James Bond, it's a different kettle of fish. You, you mm. if for no other reason, like continuity things that you'd have to kind of deal with. Although I don't know. I, I haven't seen the Craig era ones. I don't know to what extent they do completely He does play it very effeminate. Wipe the slate clean. Mm. Well I'm all in favour of a female Bond. No, I think it's about bloody time, I see. Uh, maybe a black fella or something. Uh, come on now, Cubby Brackley, let's get with the times here, Anne. You know, I met that Cubby Brackley once back in the 90s. He said he wanted an Irish fella to play a Bond, and I was the perfect choice. I, I told him I'm not Irish. I'm British. I'm from Northern Ireland. I just can't do the accent. Yeah, he said it was all the same to the Americans. It's very racist, if you ask me. Anyway, we did some cocaine together. I told him, get in touch with that Pierce Brosnan fella. Now, Pierce has always picked up my sloppy seconds. They wanted me with that Mamma Mia film, but I refused to be part of a film with a female lead. It was a different time, all right. I've moved on. Like, this next clip here is about Reservoir Dogs, that film by Quentin Tarantino, which is apparently about a bunch of coloured fellas who do a robbery. Watch out, anyone of a sensitive disposition, because you wouldn't believe the language in this shite. Can I ask? I, I, I don't know if there's a point to this or not. It probably is nothing. But it's always kind of been a bugbear for me. He's called Mr. Blonde, but everyone else is Mr... <laughs> Like color, so no, there's no Mr. Brunette or Mr. Redhead. It's Mr. Brown, Mr. Well, blonde. Blonde is a color, yeah. Well, not really. It's not. In the, I understand what you're saying, though, Sol. It's not within the. It doesn't fall within Mr. the same Mr. Yellow, color it? list Gold. as all the others. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, obviously, yeah. It's it like if you want to get into like Dulex paint swab colors, yeah, blonde <laughs> and snot green and. <laughs> I think it was a deliberate choice just to sort set of set them apart from the others. Wind you or? up. Yeah, no, just to wind people like you up who would go, why has he done that? It's not a real colour. Well, I don't know, it it just... Logic, logic, logic. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a logic issue for me, though. It's just kind of like, is there a deliberate reason to that? Is there something... Yeah, I don't know. If if there is, I haven't picked up on it. Separate, like, single them out as the maverick of the group, or the one who's going to cause trouble because he isn't gelling with them. I I don't know, It, it just... Or is it just Tarantino... Being a bit being odd because he does stuff like this. He'll. I do he think does it does make him more rememberable, like uh, of his of his name, because, like you said, it does seem separate mm. to the rest of them. When especially when he's going around the room in that, uh, the essentially the beginning when he's going, your name is this, your name is this. It's like, yeah, maybe it's probably a reference to Clint Eastwood or something. Yeah, you know I mean? it's like <laughs> it's probably just some weird little well, it, yeah. thing that Tarantino gets and no one else. Does. Well, there, there is always, I think, some logic to be found behind Tarantino. Like I, I remember when it came out, loads of people were asking him on the interview circuit why he'd spell Inglorious Bastards with an extra U and an E instead of an A, and he was just always really coy, like, "Well, I know the reason, but I'm not going to discuss it. I, personal and private to me." Watched the film again the other day and. Uh, that's how he, that it's written on the guy's baseball bat. And it's like, oh, it's yes, the, guy is the character can't spell. End. <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah. It's good for Google Analytics to separate it from the original as well, I'm sure. So yeah. So, so I, think, I think when you kind of... I think there is usually a logic to it, and Tarantino just likes playing up the, um, you know, the mysterious. What's in the briefcase? Oh, it's... I bet you, I bet you, I bet you... I bet you he's Mr. Blonde as a reference to the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's what I just said. Oh, oh, oh shit, yeah, of course. Yeah. You yeah, did did, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no. I forgot he was in that film. Yeah, no. That's good, though. We came to the same yeah. conclusions. It's probably right. <laughs> if I was doing this film, I wouldn't have given them colours. I would have just given them, like, you're Mr. Whippy, you're Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> oh, why, why am I Mr. Potato Head? What are you trying to say? You know, that kind of... Because you're a spud. Yeah. Because look at you. What are you trying to say? What do you mean I'm funny? Uh, Stephen Wright plays the DJ. Steve Wright, comedian. Mm. That's a nice little weird touch. Um, Personally, I think if Tarantino had to be in the film, he should have made himself the DJ. Yeah. But, I mean... I like Steve, right? So it went the complete opposite. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, that's quite a nice little framing device, just something that keeps dropping back in, yeah. and it's just basically an excuse for Tarantino to put some some songs that were probably on the 
the jukebox yeah. when his mother left him in the bar yeah. every night or whatever, <laughs> whatever traumatic childhood event made that, ma- that a thing for him. It's, um, <laughs> but no, isn't I, I like that character. You get that in a lot of films. You get that, like Samuel L. Jackson in um, uh, Do the Right Thing, and the, I think there's someone in The yeah. Warriors, if you've ever seen that. He, it's a nice little framing device, like you say, just to kind of keep bringing us back to this kind of anchor that runs parallel to everything else. Um, okay, so next one along, Lawrence Tierney. A veteran actor, even in 1992, was a was a veteran actor. Well, this is this is uh, probably the first instance of one of Tarantino's trademarks, which is reviving the careers <laughs> of like actors <laughs> that he likes from something he's seen growing up, but yeah. no one else likes the actor anymore. <laughs> Lawrence Tierney. I wish Calvin was here to talk about this. To me, he is best known as an answer machine on The Simpsons. Yeah, the most the most uh, famously troublesome guest appearance that the show ever had to deal with when you hear them talking about working with him how he was grumpy didn't understand any of it like just not very pleasant to work with by all accounts he was exactly the same on this film he got fired after three days for not knowing any of his lines and <laughs> really yeah. he's the new marlon brando well, i believe his role was significantly <laughs> trimmed down because he i think he was a bigger part of the film and they they just fired him because he wasn't he was like flubbing lines, ruining takes. It's hidden very. It's hidden very well in the film, though. You don't really think he needs more. But the, the, it, it does come across as quite a natural performance because yeah. I think he's, he's just a nice sort of presence in the film. I like him being there. Yeah. I do buy he was probably a horrible person, but uh... yeah, yeah, he does come across. But that's great because he's a he's a crime exactly, boss, and he, exactly. And like good, in the scenes chance. where we see him talking with, say, Tim Roth, or Harvey Cattell, there's this sense of like he's just a scary guy. Yeah, and they're all a little bit wary of him. They're all like matey and being nice, but like you don't you don't tread badly with him because he'll fuck you up. Um, but I'll tell you. This is sort of a bigger discussion. I want to see what you think of it. But who I don't particularly like, and who I don't think is a very good actor at all, is Harvey Keitel. Ooh, okay. Now, I think that's a controversial statement, but it's basically... I don't think I've ever been that convinced by him, but re-watching these early films where he's in a a few of them, I just don't think he's very good. I, I completely get where you're coming from. I do disagree. I think he's actually very good actor. I, I wonder if Tarantino is perhaps not the best at directing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the go-to thing, that, the thing that I noticed him in recently was rewatching From Dust Till Dawn, basically, when we get to that. And I think he gives a very good performance in From Yes, Dust Till Dawn. I agree, actually. I mm. said the same thing when I, I made that note. I think he's good in From Dust Till Dawn because he's not trying to play cool. He's, I yeah. think he's playing a good character there. Whereas in this, in Pulp Fiction, where he's trying to be like this cool guy, it just doesn't work. Yeah, and when I, he's I, a pimp in, in like Taxi Driver, it doesn't really hang together either. I don't know. I, I enjoy the vibe. I enjoy the vibe that he gives to uh, these films, though. Like, yes, it is very similar in Pulp Fiction is is in Reservoir Dogs in that respect. But he he's not out of place in there. He's not. It's not. I I disagree. I don't think he's a bad actor or a bad has bad acting yeah. in in these films. I, I, just... I yeah. The impression I get is he's probably a very good actor. I haven't seen enough of his work to really say, but I, I think he's probably a very good actor, but I feel like he was perhaps miscast here and it just doesn't quite ring true and he doesn't quite feel comfortable playing this role. Um, I think he gets away with it a lot more in Pulp Fiction though. I think he kind of pulls yeah, that but role even, I don't, I think he yeah, gets away with it. I don't think, But I don't think it's a good performance. I think you could put a, a different actor in that role and it yeah. would be brilliant. And like you should bring it to life. I'll agree he's perhaps a bit miscast in that role. Yeah. Okay, so Michael Madsen. This again was very much a a defining sort of career moment that he never quite lived up to like his career. Exactly. Um he's he's but he's done alright out of it. Uh, and it really captures that menacing presence. I think he does a good job. Yeah. He, he kind of he's one of those people where he's like He's bringing that out off the script. He's bringing that off the page in a way that no one else would have. It's like when Christopher Walken does something. It's like, I don't think anyone else would approach the character like that, the way he does it. Yeah. Um, and it works. Uh, but that kind of quiet, sinister nature. Yeah, I think it's a nice little cast. All works well together. Yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah, to assemble that many people of that quality. Yeah, very, very impressive on the budget they had, certainly. Um, mm. And uh, no women. 
Well, other Not than Linda one Kane, woman actually looking at the casting list. <laughs> well, I mean, on that note, I think there's. I mean, I, I hate to be this guy. I do think there's a real undercurrent of awkward race relations, slight misogyny. I think there's a lot of this <laughs> yeah, that I permeates saw, I don't Tarantino's think it's early work yeah, yeah, in a way definitely. that's not particularly pleasant. And I again, I think it's very noticeable how that's gone away and he's moved into far more progressive kind of attitudes. I mean, he's always, you know, mm-hmm. I think his heart's always been in the right place, but but I, I do think the man's really kind of matured and changed a lot. And there's just a lot of it's, it's more prevalent in true romance, frankly. But um, yeah, there's a lot. But of the sort, sort of the stuff sort of thing, thing you would write when you're 26 that you wouldn't yeah. write when you're a bit older. And yeah, uh, I mean, what, and, it's this one, a bit more world, whole, and not just the extended sequence of how black men treat their women and it's like oh all right i get like these <laughs> characters aren't meant to be nice but i do exactly feel like it's... this is tarantino's mouthpiece through them <laughs> well yeah I, I i get the i get the feeling that it's like oh i can write this character it sort of lets me express these characters. not necessarily that he thinks this but it means oh i'm allowed to say this i'm allowed to say because it's a character um and uh, and also samuel jackson's there so that means it's okay Oh man, I cannot <laughs> you know sort of thing. I cannot wait until remind me when we do Django Unchained because I want to play a <laughs> clip of Samuel L. Jackson making a an interview of very uncomfortable about the end. <laughs> it's amazing. You see what I'm talking about there? If you were offended by any of the language used in that clip, then you best take it up with Quentin Tarantino himself. You know, the lads there are just quoting things, it's it's not their fault. Uh, personally, I would never say the N-word. I think it's abominable, no matter what the context. On the other hand, Dantono, if you're listening, I am a once good actor who would kill for a legitimising comeback. Oh, seriously, I was good once. Have you seen Schindler's List? Anyways, if you want to hear the boys reviewing the whole of Tarantino's filmography, check out episodes 114, 115 and 116. Oh, Jesus. We better lighten the mood here. Uh, let's have some comedy. Uh, let's look at Johnny English. And the bit that always sticks out to me is the bit when he's in the car and he uses one of the gadgets oh, to God. blow up a, a, a traffic camera. And then he, like, rubs his hands together. And uh, it's a real, like, oh, man of the people yeah. moment. Like, oh, yeah, bloody hate those I think traffic I've made a note cameras. About that, God. But, yeah, it's, it's, that's yeah. such a... Um, it, it's not in character with anything else in the film at all. It's like this bizarre moment. Yeah. You can tell that's just one of the screenwriters like getting on there like with a chip on their shoulder about being given a parking ticket <laughs> for like flying down a country lane at eighty miles an hour, thinking, I'll show you. Yeah. I should be allowed to drive my <laughs> fancy car however fast I want. It's, uh... Funnily enough, in a Bond film released four years prior, um there's a scene which just out of nowhere, we'll get to it eventually in a few years, I'm sure, but there's a bit where Bond's like driving past um along the Thames on a speedboat and he, st- he spots two uh <laughs> traffic police like clamping someone's illegally parked car, so he like gets his speedboat and like splashes them and there's a big wave and uh, that's just in the film for some reason. So and it was these same writers, so maybe you're right, Sol. Maybe they do have something against uh Yeah. It, it, re- it did really strike me like a, a writer's vendetta creeping in. You can just tell sometimes. Uh... Do you reckon Rowan Atkinson's one of those people who gets involved in the edit? Starts tinkering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I reckon he gets too involved. I bet. Like, oh no, yeah. it's always it's funnier if you add another frame. It's funnier. The, the rule is always <laughs> five frames after a joke so that it can breathe. That's the rule. I, I can see him taking mm. it far too seriously. Yeah. yeah. Are there any comedians like you know like from eras gone by that are actually just really chilled about the comedy <laughs> and don't talk about it in such like highfalutin pretentious ways like. I know, like even Stan Laurel, like had all these rules. And even Stan he said that Laurel the main rule of, of all people. <laughs> he said that the main, the main rule of comedy is to tell the audience what you're going to do, and then do it, and then tell them that it's already been done. And that's why every Laurel and Hardy sketch is interminable, <laughs> with like twenty <laughs> minutes at the end after the jokes happened, where he, where he looks at. <laughs> Uh, where he looks at um, uh, Hardy and then looks at camera and sort of huffs. Oh no, it's Hardy <laughs> looks at him, isn't it? And then... Yes. <laughs> oh man. It was a shame, right? Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself with the pitches here. Put this down as my pitch. 
It's a shame they never got to do a Mr. Bean Chuckle Brothers crossover. <laughs> I, I reckon Johnny English 4 should be Johnny English and the surviving Chuckle. <laughs> stuck in a stuck in a nah, lift. Nah, it wouldn't be the same. And that's the film, it's them stuck in a lift, so they can't even do any slapstick. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, but the the true art of comedy is to make humour from nothing, you know? <laughs> well, he so. wasn't mime artist, that's how he got started. It's Barry Chuckle, like, telling anecdotes about doing panto with the crankies in Nottingham in 1987. And then Rowan Atkinson just wanting to kill himself. <laughs> Rowan Atkinson <laughs> just doing a bit of mime, because that's what he's got to work with, nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, the plot is, what is it? Uh, John Malkovich is sneaking his way, like... He he is legitimately in line for the throne, right? Uh, yeah, if you take out Queen Elizabeth and a load of her family. Yeah, which they so, do, uh, by walking into a palace with some guns and uh, threatening a corgi. That's how easy it is. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody noticed. There's no security there. Well, that, no. a few years ago, that guy just like walked into Buckingham Palace, didn't he? Wasn't it a big scandal? Because some guy basically just did that, yeah, but didn't have yeah. any, like, didn't have any, like, bad intentions. The Queen's never made much of that, has she? I mean, it's like, to say that she apparently, like, talked yeah. him around for, like, ten minutes or something until security Well, arrived. that's because what they don't say in the news, in which they nicely cover up, is that he was just there having a wank in the Queen's bedroom. <laughs> 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 they just, it, there's, a still, there's still enough respect for the yeah. Queen that they just sort of, like, let's not mention that. Let's talk about yeah. Charles for a bit. I can't remember, but... I had, I had a friend when I was, you know, when this film first came out, I remember seeing it at the cinema, and it was one of those things, so I think you've talked about it before, you know when kids just lie, and there's not really <laughs> yeah, any yeah, reason yeah, yeah, for, yeah. for why they do it, but I had someone who would, like, really reassured me, not for a, not just me, but everyone else, that it was actually the Queen appearing as herself in this film, and they couldn't show her face because she's, like, It's know, like when Michael Jackson had to use a fake wanna... name on The Simpsons. Because the Queen's yeah, record like label that. would be angry about her actually showing up, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know why. It's, it's Prunella Scales, apparently. Playing oh, really? Yeah. Well, but, like, you wouldn't know it was her either, no. so it doesn't matter, does it? Well, Could've yeah, been, that's just true. Just get an old lady extra to do it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, she says that line. Oh! Does she? Never. <laughs> Calvin, I, 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 I was, uh, I've already spoken with. Alan about this. I was a, a supporting mm-hmm. artist on uh, that thing with Malkovich playing Poirot. Oh, so oh. I was I was hanging around with uh, Johnny M, as we call him. Oh, <laughs> I say, and it lists him online as being like really tall, but he's shorter than I am, and I'm six foot, so it's all lies. <laughs> oh, okay, he's really short, but but watching this film, I think he might actually have shrunk. <laughs> Did you ask him about the accent? <laughs> no, but he. But he was very, oh, okay. he was very intense, actually. Alan, you know when you're on set and there's like a few chairs and the, the actors are sitting in the chairs? Yeah. And there's there's like an unwritten rule that like the actors are, you know, the chairs are for the actors, but no one's actually well, I don't know. I don't know if it's unwritten, to be honest. I think, it's, <laughs> I think the chairs well, are put there for them. <laughs> well, all the, they kept going off and filming stuff and like the extras, we'd been stood around all day, our feet were killing. So we were kind of trying to find places to sit. So every now and then we'd go and sit down in those chairs and then, you know, just kind of get up if we saw an act coming. And I was sat down in John Malkovich's chair but then I looked up at one point from my phone and John Malkovich was just stood, like, staring me down from across the way really <laughs> fucking intensely. And it was really scary. And then he was, like, <laughs> mouthing something. And I was like, oh, fuck, what's he saying to me? And then I realised, oh, no, he's just, like, he's running his lines through in his head and he's not looking at me at all. He's, like, looking past <laughs> me and he's just kind of... So it was all right. Speaking in tongues. Yeah, but that's it. I thought, I thought, like, John Malkovich is coming to get me. This is really scary. <laughs> He's a scary man. <laughs> I, I wouldn't sit in John Malkovich's chair. He's terrifying. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> he looks absurdly young in this film. I couldn't believe how much like younger uh, he looked compared uh, to nowadays. I, I only think of him sort of around this era, like in Conair being John Malkovich. I don't know if I've seen him in anything in about since this. Yeah, I mean, this is. This is kind of the definitive John Malkovich role, as far as I'm concerned. This is what I know him for. So it was just weird uh, to mean, me yeah, when I came it, back. Me too. It's just weird when I came back to it, and it was like, oh god, I, I remembered him being a lot older than that. But... Did you hear that? 
wanking in front of the Queen. Jesus. The Queen, if you're listening, give me a call if you need to beef up your security. I can be a personal bodyguard. You know, I was going to be in the bodyguard, that film, until I find out to be playing against Whitney Houston, doing love scenes and such. Look, I've changed, all right. I've moved on. I don't care about that sort of thing anymore. I'm a different person now. Look, you all like quizzes, don't you? Right. Here's a quiz that got cut out to the show because these feckers record too much. This quiz, I'm going to give you the name of an actor. Now, it's going to be one at a time. Uh, we'll start We'll start with Calvin. I'm going to give you the name of an actor. Right. And you have to name me films that they appear in. Okay. Now, okay. up to five points. I'll give you a point for each one you get. But are obviously, we taking it in turns? Or are no, you going to give no, Calvin just, one? I'm going to give, give Calvin one, one, then I'll give you one. Okay. But obviously, okay. I'm doing this in a way that it's going to be fairly difficult to answer. And so mm. there's going to be caveats. So, with that in mind... Let me Is just, Gary uh, Chalk one of these? <laughs> no, no. Your first one, I want you to name as many films as possible, up to five. Right. Films starring Daniel Radcliffe, not including Harry Potter franchise. <laughs> right, okay. Oh, I'd be good at this. I That's why I... I'm giving it to him. <laughs> I've watched one of... I had to review one of his recent films the other night. It wasn't that good. Okay, well, there's The Woman in Black. Yes, correct. Uh, Swiss Army Man. Correct. Uh, oh, God. Um... Victor Frankenstein. Yes, Victor Frankenstein, which we covered in our Frankenstein episode, actually. Yes, yeah. correct. Those were the three I knew. <laughs> so <laughs> you're equal with me now. <laughs> oh, let me let me think. Oh, um, oh God, uh, it's something like "Kill Them, My Darlings" or something like that. Uh, will, you, will I get a point for that? Kill them uh, softly, my darlings, or something like that. Something. Well, given that the title is quite a well-known phrase that you're getting wrong, I don't know if I should oh, right. know that. <laughs> is it a well-known phrase? It something is my write- darlings. in writing circles, yes. Hello, my darlings. Kill your darlings. <laughs> kill your darlings, there you go. All you had to say yeah. was kill your darlings, I'll give you that. He played Alan Ginsberg in that. Okay, Ooh. I can give you... You've got four points, pretty good. I can give you one more. Right. I'll give you can a- I steal? No, no I'm, not, I'm not allowing steals, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm you can not even once once Calvin has uh, has died a death. You can uh, play for pride. <laughs> okay, let. I can't give me... you too much more time now. Uh I can't think of anything. No. Okay, we'll have to stop you at four. Yeah. Well done, though. That's not bad. Mm. Sol, would you like to just throw in some answers? Have you got anything? He did. He did something called Jungle last year. That is correct. Mm. He did do a film called Jungle last year. So I would have only got four points myself. In terms of what I can one. think of, uh, Now You See Me 2, he's in that. Fuck, oh, I forgot he did that, yeah, yeah. yeah. And to be honest, so the others I've never heard of, so um, that's the only one I could think <laughs> Oh, he is pre-Harry Potter, he's in The Tailor of Panama, apparently. Oh, uh, he was also in David Copperfield. Uh, yes, but that, but that was a TV, TV film. Suppose, yeah. yes. ah, okay. But not bad, not bad at all. So four mm. points to you, Calvin. Respectable. Um, so, thank you, Sol. Your yes. person is it going to be Sean Connery <laughs> to wind Calvin up? Because I won't know any of them. <laughs> this one might be easier. It's definitely got a lot more potential answers because he's got a long, much longer CV. But your question is Christopher Lloyd without Back to the Future. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to give you too and long. Not counting TV movies, only like no, proper, proper theatrical films. films. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, the Adams Family. Yes. Adams Family Values. Correct. That's your, that's your solid, that's your safe two points, really. I was expecting yeah, to. Yeah, I'm going to really struggle now. Fucking hell. Um, I can think of at least three more. <laughs> I, all I can think of is, Cocky I can think there. of so many TV <laughs> things he's done. Are you timing this? I'm going, it's alright. Calm down. We're just, <laughs> I'll let him have a minute to think. Mm. Um... Uh, a mil- oh, but hang on. When you say not Back to the Future, is that excluding portrayals of Doctor Brown entirely, or uh, can I have a million ways to die in the West? That's what I'm asking. Uh, let me look it up. Hang on a sec. Why, Seth MacFarlane film. In oh, which is it that one? Oh, okay. Uh, I'll let you have that. Yeah. Can I have <laughs> Funny or Die movie? No. Donald Trump's the <laughs> 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 All right, I'm going to give you ten seconds. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yes, that was the obvious one. All right, we'll call it that. Four. Good effort. 
you got you got the one that you would have been embarrassed about, which is one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. yeah. After that, I think it is fairly. Uh, Calvin, do you want to throw some out? Well, who framed Roger Rabbit? Being a Fucking big one. Hell, of yes, course. And um, Piranha 3D and Piranha 3 Double yeah. D. Piranha oh, I didn't know it was in both. D. Yeah. Um, there is um, things to do in Denver when you're dead, which is a personal favorite of mine. There's that film where he's in with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> oh yes, I was frozen today. Suburban Commando was correct. Uh, there was another one here. Oh, Sin City, a dame to kill for. Is that the light? light oh, oh. Sin City is in that. I haven't seen it. I didn't know it was in that. Uh, no, I didn't either. I just saw it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I think we got the kind of big ones. Okay, well done. Four points there as well. Now, mm-hmm. Calvin, your second one. I'd like you to name films that feature Elijah Wood, not including <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Oh, um, oh, that's difficult. Again, I can think of TV that he's. I must, okay. I, I must admit, I'm giving this one to Calvin rather than you, so I think he's going to have a better chance for this. Okay, The Faculty. The Faculty, correct. I would never so one. remembered that. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's one with. Well, I can think of two. Sigourney Weaver in it, and I believe it's called Ice Storm. The Ice Storm is correct. Right, brilliant. Oh, God, what else? Elijah Wood. Oh, um, it's the football hooligan one. And it's green <laughs> yes, it... something. Um, yeah. Oh, yes. Um, green. Yeah. It's not mile. It's not zone. It's... <laughs> can I have a clue? It's it's the place. Green Park. It's a location that they... I don't know what, what the connection is particularly. But... Green Green Stadium. <laughs> anyway, try and get in something else. Green Street. Work. Green Street is correct. There you go. Phew. That's okay, three yeah. you've got. Uh, I'm trying to think of ones where he's a kid, because I've definitely seen more where he's... Uh, oh, yes. Um, That's reminded me of another one. The Hobbit? Oh. He is in The Hobbit. The first one... Uh, I'm going to give you a point for that. That counts as one of the Lord of the Rings films. No, I'm going to give him it. But I'm going to I'm going to give you a f- five more seconds to get a... <laughs> uh, I've got Three, nothing. Two, no. Okay, that's four, though. That's four. That's not bad. I think Sol mm-hmm. has something he wants to shout out. I did a zombie film where the kids were zombies, but I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> you did that piano film that I've mentioned on the podcast before. I, I think no it's just actual called... titles. <laughs> no, I, it's called Piano, isn't it? Or Grand Piano, maybe. And he popped up in Back to the Future Part Two. Yes, ah. famously that little kid in Back to the Future Part Two. That's one of the. That's one of the famous ones. Let me go. I'll throw some out at you here. He's in Forever Young, as a Mel Gibson film. Okay. Uh, Flipper. He was the main kid in that. Well, this, oh, is when, was this, is, this is pre-thingy, uh, obviously. Deep Impact, he was a, quite a big part in that Oh, damn well. it, that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. What's that zombie movie called, Alan? I don't know. If you can give me a... I'm only looking at a list of titles. I don't know what it is. He's in Spy Kids 3, apparently. It's one of. It was one of his most recent films, like 2015, 16, oh, right, okay. something like that. And it's probably called something like Hungry Kids or something. A couple more obvious ones here. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh. Is he in that? Yeah. Sin City. He's in that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't remember any of this. God, he's a forgettable actor, isn't he? <laughs> he's got big eyes in Sin City. Uh, Bobby, which is about the assassination of Robert Kennedy. Happy Feet and Happy Feet 2 were the, <gasps> were the obvious yeah. answers. Owls of Gahul as well, I bet he's in that. <laughs> no, he's not a story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so those were the ones I thought you might get. I'm looking up this zombie uh, movie. Hang on, I'm trying to find If it. you can hear me typing. Cooties. It was called Cooties. Cooties. Mm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it isn't done much recently. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, mm. last one. You've done pretty well so far. Four of each. Mm. So, this is quite a tough one though, Sol. I've got to be honest. Yes. I would like you to name films that feature Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> <laughs> With no limitations whatsoever. <laughs> Oh, brilliant! Oh, I could. Yeah. Um, this is yeah. I think I X Men Three. Was it the third one? The Last Stand that he was yeah. in. Yeah. Yes. Frasier the movie. <laughs> Which hasn't happened yet, and now Martha and the Dead. Um, his scene was deleted, I believe, from the Simpsons movie, so that probably doesn't count. I'm, I'm willing to no, be lenient. No, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling he, le- he was, lenient for you, though, because this is a tough one. Uh, what? No, he, he, well, he was in it, but his scene was deleted, so I don't it's think it de- counts. If it, it's not even on the... Kelsey Grammer. Uh, well, Sam Neill was... Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Toy Story 2. Mm-hmm. Yes, well done. That was the one I knew you'd get. <laughs> uh, I've got so many. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, oh, he did a film from uh, one of the. It's called like an American Carol, and uh-huh. it's it's a parody of uh, a Christmas Carol, but it's like really right wing Republican, like making fun of Michael Moore. Yeah, it's Michael an American Moore Carol. parodies yeah. visited by a load of like ghosts to show how wrong he is for <laughs> or something, and he played like the ghost of. George Washington or something. <laughs> we should look at that on the neck, uh, like uh, on the show sometime. I think it'd make a really interesting watch. <laughs> uh, okay, do you know what it's called? Isn't it an American Carol? An American. Oh, let me look it up. Or something like that. An yeah, it might. I think. I think in America it went under the title "Big Fat Important Movie." There it is. Yes, "Big Fat yeah. Important Movie." He played Patton in it. I'll give you that. So, you got so he's got three. Three. Does he pop up in X-Men Days of Future Past for, like, one scene? He does. He does. He has a little cameo in that. He barely walks past. But that is four. I think I'll have to call you on this, though. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to get any more on that. Okay, let's call it there. you got four again. So, very well done. Uh, Calvin, Mm. I feel you bursting over there. Transformers, (laughs) Age of Extinction. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And uh, Fame. Fame is in Fame, yeah. Paul Bunyan. (laughs) <laughs> uh, there's one. There's a film here called Bunyan and the Babe. Is that it? Oh, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunyan and Babe. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. see what else jumps out at me here. Uh, Bad Neighbors Two, <laughs> uh, The Expendables Three. Uh, oh yeah. God, I forgot he was. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it, but yeah. mm. uh, I mean that's most of it, really. <laughs> the, the other ones, mm. are nothing else that I particularly know. Yeah, okay. pretty good. I'm pretty impressed with you there, guys. It's tough, tough, mm. tough one. There. Yeah. Did we draw then? You all, you got four on every one. Yeah. Wow. Mm. It's not bad at all. Cool. And not bad there, lads. Uh, here's a quiz for you. Name films starring Liam Neeson in which he's not the fiercest motherfucker in the whole thing. It's a trick question, isn't it? There's no such films. Have you seen that Love Actually? That's all about love, and I still manage to be a fucking hero. You see, my character in that, he's looking after this little boy, see, and the boy's got cancer or something. So I shrink down in a specially made submarine and then I get injected into his bloodstream and I go in and kick the shit out of all the cancer cells. So the little fella, he's okay again. And then I bang that Claudia Schiffer. It's great stuff. Hey, do you know they're doing a sequel to Love Actually? It's called Love Theoretically. Uh, But I won't be doing it unless Richard Curtis promises to change his ways, put some ethnic minorities in his films now. Come on, Richard. It's 21st century. If I can change my ways, so can you. Now, if there's one thing I hate, it's when these lads do shite impressions of celebrities, but they will insist, so here's a clip of them trying to get to grips with Pierce Branham, followed by some other random clips that I couldn't really be bothered to introduce properly. Hello, it's me, James Bond. That's my Pierce Brosnan. (laughs) That's what it sounds like, isn't it? Are you sure about that? It sounds (laughs) like, yeah, you kind of... Marlon Brando? That's what he talks like. How does he talk, then? (laughs) The name's Bond, James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> what goes on in this town is none of your business. All right, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've barely ever seen Pierce Brosnan in a film, so I don't really. I've, I'm going off of one phrase as to what he sounds. Oh, I've like. seen so many bad ones recently. He's done like yeah, nothing but shit. Have I talked Mama to you Mia. about I- IT? Oh God, I have seen Mamma Mia. <laughs> Have you seen IT? Have I told you about that? No, film I didn't know he was in it. I know of that film. Oh, it's a shocking it Stephen film. King's it's... IT. About no, 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 <laughs> clown no. who works in an office. No, it's computer. about Pierce Brosnan, who's like some high-ranking. Well, in fact, he is CEO of this like company, and he pisses off the IT guy. So the IT guy gets back at him by like hacking into his smart home. So it's based. <laughs> it's like that Simpsons episode where Pierce Brosnan is a smart home yes! trying to kill Homer Simpson. Yes, it's exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it's just funny because it's like the IT guy like turns on, you know, um, Pierce Brosnan's smart speakers at midnight, and he wakes up and he just runs around the house screaming at all of his devices to shut off. <laughs> anyway, but maybe you shouldn't like... be living here because <laughs> <laughs> the film is like because this creepy IT guy who's like twenty five or something has a crush on Pierce Brosnan's daughter who's like supposed to be like 16, 17 but the camera is still like you know going up a skirt whenever it can and sort of like <laughs> ogling her while sunbathing and all this salacious uh, camera work and it's like well, really anyway anyway sorry that's a film for another day. What goes on in this house is none of your business.
I can't do it. I can't get it down. <laughs> I'm going to work on this. What goes on in this town? It's not a, no, no, <laughs> that's not it. As long as I'm living here, it is my business. <laughs> is, my, is, it, is it Natasha McElhone or something? Is that no, it? it's Alison Doody. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Who will be appearing in a few Bond films' time, so we can reference this again. <laughs> oh, that's why your, her name was so uh, directly on your lips. I mean, she's also uh, the starring uh, lady in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which stars Sean Connery. My God, this woman's like... She's Bond mad. <gasps> yeah, God, she's she's had them all. <laughs> she's like the Kevin Bacon of Bond films. <laughs> we'll be talking about some of Pierce Brosnan's bad vocal habits in a few films' time. He does have a tendency to... like what, he'll, sing he'll say badly, centre, like, shout... If he's asking a question, he tends to finish it with, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Where are the jewels? Eh? <laughs> he does that quite a lot, and he, he does it more and more as the films go on. I think the director's probably had less say over him. In which film does he say, Where are the jewels? Eh? Where are the jewels? Eh? No, I can't do it. He doesn't actually say that line, it was just, uh, yeah. <laughs> It, what, what is one that he actually It's some says? kind of lawnmower man. <laughs> <laughs> there was this thing that someone at work was telling me about, where it's like, you know, like how in Inception, when um, no Inception, sorry, oh, what's your Interstellar? You know when Anne Hathaway and Mike, uh, Matthew McConaughey go down to the planet and experience time differently to like everyone else? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so apparently that's what it's like for little people. But <laughs> like, much. Much, um, you know, smaller, obviously. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, like, 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 you know, fraction of a difference. But I just thought that was really interesting. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's no, technically true. Like, like the further away out of you know the Earth's orbit you are, then it's but, relativity. I mean, the same is true of the further Alan you are, and yeah. you. Because yeah, you're different. You're, yes. you're an inch taller than me, or whatever you are. Well, yeah, exactly. But you're slightly um, uh, wider than me. You say my mass will, uh, my density will bring me down. Well, I wonder. So I'm technically experienced time, experiencing time faster than you. That's why you're aging worse. Oh, no, wait, slower. That's why you're aging worse. That's why Alan's aging worse. Yeah. <laughs> Seems I am as well. <laughs> you know, Calvin was there with his stubble and his video looking sexy. You've yeah. got thin and sexy as well. I know, I'm looking, I'm, really, I'm looking really good now. You, you are, I'm surprised. Should we update our pictures on the website just to, so everybody knows? I should, yeah. <laughs> Have you got one of you just like balding that I can put <laughs> It's not got to a point where it's really like visible yet, but I'm definitely aware of it. I'm going to Photoshop <laughs> one of you looking like an old man. I'm going to run it through one of those apps that will show me what you look like as an old man and put it on the website. Uh, but yeah if uh, if any if one one of our listeners is a woman i think that that that's probably the most optimistic uh do you think we've got any listeners who are women that we don't know personally Mm. hi alan's (laughs) mum she stopped listening she doesn't like soul (laughs) (laughs) she'll be listening to this one surely (laughs) maybe if there's any women out there at all, just 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 have a look at what I'm looking like now, and then get in touch. Because I'm still single, uh, but uh, you know, I'm looking good now. Yeah, let's instead of doing Bond dogs, let's figure out what dog Calvin would have if he was one of the people in if he was in the opening of 101 Dalmatians. And then there was an animated shot of Calvin walking a dog down the street. Yeah. It'd be Calvin uh, and... I mean, it'd be a little dog. <laughs> little designer poodle or something. Now, Calvin would be one of those people with, like, a tiny little pig. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd be the one with a little, little micro pig. Yeah, you'd be the one uh, with an ironic dog. That's a Calvin would have, like... <laughs> Calvin have one of those ugly little ones, like a, like a Boston Terrier. You know, the one that looks like Boston a bat. <laughs> How do you feel, Calvin, about dogs drooling? Uh, I'm not a fan. Okay, that rules out several. <laughs> what's what's your biggest size for a dog that you would deem acceptable? I mean, it's definitely a small dog for Calvin, like a Maltese. 
Maltese. I'm just googling dogs. <laughs> Maltese. Oh, they're so actually no, no. People put bows in them and stuff. They're nice when they're puppies, but when they grow up, they look. See, horrible. Cal, you you're the sort of person who have a dog with a little jacket on. What do you two think of me? <laughs> like, Calvin's the kind of guy who would pick a dog that looks the most like a uh, Pokemon, like a dog Pokemon that he likes. Well, you're not far off there. So, really. Calvin, what's your favorite dog Pokemon? Dog Pokemon. There's more than one dog Pokemon. I do love Growlithe. <laughs> it's not a real name. They're too scruffy for you. I couldn't see you having a. a... What? Oh no, I like scruffy dogs. No, yeah. I feel like you would judge your dog on how much it cost. Yeah. <laughs> If you could get a dog you, with you tiger to, stripes you, in real yeah, life, you have you'd be you have a dog where you, you have to buy it special food because it can't eat normal dog food. It's too <laughs> yeah. What do you two think of me? Like I don't that you're a bit I of a punt. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I had a steak for dinner and I couldn't stop thinking of you, Calvin. Because as I was cooking it, I was thinking Calvin had overcooked this steak. He'd have it done really well done. That would ruin it. <laughs> And it, it kept coming, like, it just couldn't get it out of my head. It was really bugging me. <laughs> I just had avocado and poached eggs for my uh, <laughs> my evening meal. I had an avocado for lunch, so yeah. Oh, I thought you'd turn your nose up at avocado, Sol. Talk about oh, he's me- Mexican. Mexican guacamole. Oh, of course. I'm the king of yeah. avocados. Yeah, he liked them before they were cool. Yeah. Mm, he did, yeah. You know, I only agreed to do this shitty podcast because they said one of them was Mexican. Because, you know, I'm trying to give back and all that. Now I've seen the pictures of him. Uh, if this fella's Mexican, I guess Keanu Reeves is from Mexico as well. Anyway, so, if you like podcasts with a bunch of white fellas talking about films, then check out the other episodes. And if you enjoy the show, then go and rate it on the iTunes, stick your hand in your pocket, give him a dollar a month over at patreon.com forward slash dim returns. They've got loads of extra content on there, so it's well worthwhile. And apparently they lost a load of money investing in a failed Randy Newman album that didn't sell, so they need all the help they can get. Alright, I hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you later. <laughs>